And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champion for 1949. Infinity. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connor coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Garrity and meet the football champions. Welcome to another edition of the We Are Me podcast, I suppose. Um, everybody is on a high so far this week and uh, may it long, long may it continue. I mean, um, joined as always by David Wilson, Brian Kelly and Kieran Flynn. Um, Kieran Flynn and Brian Kelly, obviously the two masters on the podcast. <laughs> we're, this is about the fifth time that we've tried to get the podcast going. Um, and luckily enough, I think uh, we can fire ahead with it. Can we, lads? It's up to you. You're the boss. You're the boss yeah. I think they're, I think they're just giddy after the weekend. You're the man who ran out of batteries. <laughs> <laughs> well, that did happen as well, I suppose. But um, on this week's podcast, we're going to have a look back at um, all all things GA and Mead over the weekend. The Mead hurlers were out. The All County Hurling League was on. The Mead ladies were out, and a couple of their underage teams as well. The Mead Championship draws took place last night, lads, as well, and that threw up a, a few. Uh, Interesting, uh, uh, I suppose, uh, groups in, in in all of the championships, and then of course, Mead senior men uh, were playing in Park Tolchin on Sunday in a in a massive game against our uh, old rivals Kildare. So um, I suppose we'll start off this week with the Mead hurlers. Um, oh, as well as that, we will be going to reaction from Twitter. Um, great response to uh, Twitter on the weekend. I think that. Uh, I think Mead was probably trending all over. It actually the world. was. It was yeah. second, second trend. So in, in, in what was first? Allianz Leagues was first, Ash and then Mead were second. We'll yeah. take number one. So <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it, of course, we'll be coming back to that Kildare, Kildare game. We're going to go first to the Mead hurlers. They were taking on Kerry in Killarney, and this finished uh, Kerry three fifteen, Mead eight points. And we're going to go to our small ball expert on this. That's Kieran Flynn. Um, we're going to give David Rispin a rest on the hurling this week. Um, <laughs> Kerry three fifteen, Mead eight points, but ha- that's a story of two halves. Mead were leading eight seven at half time, didn't score in the second half, and uh, um, conceded three goals and eight points. Disappointing end to the league campaign for Mead. Yeah, but if anyone saw the images and the videos from Killarney, it was it was kind of the blizzard in part. Tolson was fairly mild in comparison. It was absolutely. It was awful conditions. So a lot of the images as well coming out was uh, Jack Regan. He's a good one, Jack Regan, uh, drying the slither before side lane puck. And then he's taking the puck and you nearly could have a spot the slither competition. You can't see the ball in nearly any of the pictures. So that just gives you kind of evidence of how hard it was to play hurling. It's a disappointing uh, finish league. I think we finished third bottom over Mayo and London who are going to be in the relegation playoff next week. So it's interesting to see how much improvement we can make for the Christian Hopefully we will. I think we will. But uh, Kerry and Westmead are going to be in that final now in the league. So I know it's disappointing to lose to Kerry, but they are like they're the Joe McDonough teams. So yeah. they are the step up that we want to get there. 
So we still are the highest ranked Christy Ring team in League Hurling, so hopefully that will stand to us later in the year. Absolutely, and I suppose uh, while we're talking about Hurling and uh, we have you talking, we'll go to the All-County Hurling League Division 1 results from the weekend. It was round 2, we didn't do round 1 uh, the first week, uh, Kieran, you missed you missed an opportunity there to get a little spake in for the small ball. It was one of our weeks between the, the football matches. What was we had an off week? Somebody's trying to get me in trouble with the hurling. We did an off week, did we? Yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of them. You've had a few of them over the years. Yeah. We had a, what's the word, a bye week. That was the phrase. Yeah. Um, but anyway, if you want to give us the results on how the table is looking. Yeah, so Kildaki bet Killeen uh, 417 to 16 points. Uh, St Peter's and Boyne 18, Longwood 9 points. Kiltail, the county champions, won 12, beat the, the finalists of that day, Trim, one nine, And then, unfortunately, my own boys lost, uh, Rototh, one twelve, 12 two four. 2-4. So the table at the moment, you've got Kildaki and Dunboyne on the top. But uh, Kildaki with two wins. Then you've got Dunboyne, Rototh, Clemesson and Trim and Kiltail and Kaline all joined second with a win each. So it's just poor out long at the bottom of no win in the Hurland. So there's, there's seven games in that. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. Kildaki were big winners. They don't have many county players, if any, at the moment. So it's just showing, that you know yourself, when you're missing county players for league, it's hard going. But it's going to heat up in the, the hurling. As the weather heats up, hopefully the hurling will heat up too. So Yeah, hopefully. And uh, we will be coming back to the All-County Hurling League at different points throughout the next couple of months. Um, we're going to move on now to the Mead Ladies. And it was a great weekend for Mead Ladies. Senior girls... Uh, took on Longford and this was played in Glennon Brothers Pierce Park and which is brilliant as well to see that a county ground was used for uh, one of the ladies league games Mead coming away with a massive victory in this one 5 goals and 12 to Longford's 1 goal and 12 and goals win games a 4 goal victory there for Mead in the under 16's Mead ladies won 4 goals and 10 to Kildare's 2 goals and 3 now I think that was supposed to be the um, curtain raiser to the Mead Kildare game in Park Tolchin on Sunday Brian but that was moved to Dungani it was moved to Dungani on Sunday morning because the weather forecast was for a very bad afternoon and a lot of rain had fallen over the weekend already so the pitch wouldn't have been able to take two matches. Yeah. As it turned out, the pitch was in, not in great nick after the senior game anyway, so had you another game on it, yeah. it really would have cut up. So it was a, unfortunate that the game had to be moved. Uh, look, but it was moved, but Mead still came away with the victory. Two goals and seven-point victory. It was a 13-point win for the Mead under-16 ladies, which is brilliant. And then their under-14s were playing in the weekend. And they took on our near neighbours, West Mead, and they beat them three goals and 11 to a goal and seven. So another big victory there, a 10-point win for Mead over Westmead and uh, you know uh, things moving in the right direction with the ladies football Brian oh there's a huge amount of talent in the underage ranks in Mead and like even on that under 16 team there's a lot of girls who are eligible again next year so to be picking up a win with half a dozen under 15s starting at the weekend is a huge uh, the promising signs are huge there for the ladies yeah, cracking footballers coming through Absolutely brilliant. And what we're going to do now is we're going to move on. Uh, after speaking about those ladies' results, we're going to move on to Mead Championship draws that took place last night. Obviously, there was no All County Football League this week, lads. We're going to go through the groups pretty much similar to the way we do the uh, results each weekend from the All County Football League. We're going to go through the groups and just pick out a couple of the groups and say which ones do we think. You know, are are going to be the groups of death, or who we think will come out of them. So I suppose uh, I have it here in front of me. We're going to go to the um, 
to the senior championship, we're going to go to the Fairy Hill Steel Senior Championship and Group A C Centralstown, O'Matney, Screen, St. Pat's, Gail Column, Kill, and Dunshockland. So, uh, David Rissman, I suppose looking at that group, mm. um, you know, who would you see coming out of that? Yeah, I'll be killed. Ben Ben Dogan's a good friend of mine from Dunshockland, um, and it's a tough enough group for them to start with. They have a couple of young lads coming on and they've had a really good start to the league campaign. So they might fancy their chances of squeaking through, but we've already spoke about Navin and Matneys and how well they've been going. Yeah. Kells are Kells. Um, Screen are the ones that are struggling. So if it's if it's going to the third team, I think they're chocolate and probably fancy their chances right now of getting in there ahead of Screen. Centralstown, look at Brian is probably the man to talk to there. They're a club probably in, in transition a little bit with plenty of young players coming through St. Pat's are, are the ones that are probably going to struggle um, realistically speaking they were in the relegation playoff well, last year the funny year. thing is that you say about a team a team struggling three teams from each group are going to go through to no two two, two. the relegation playoff no I was going to say three three from from each group will 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 be fighting for a place in the quarter final yeah, yeah. and then the bottom two from each group Will be fighting it out for relegation. Mm, so there's like no really ground. So there's there's only one team who's in each group who's not going to be fighting for something. You know. Well, well, that's interesting too. I mean, obviously, St. Pat's would be the the odds-on favourites to finish bottom of that group. But after that, then we can't make up our minds who's the third team going through. So it could be anyone from from them them group of teams that could end up in the relegation playoff with St. Pat's possibly we're writing St. Pat's off you know they've been rolling off so many times and they've come that's on it. and got results so you never know but that's a tough uh, tough group for them in group A yeah looking at that group um, you know if you were going on present form I suppose O'Matney's and Gail Column Kill would be the two teams you'd be looking at uh, top in the group and maybe Dunshockland being in third place um, I suppose we'd better, better go to Brian Kelly being a central stem man Brian what way do you see that group yourself? It's not an easy one for you. It's not an easy one. It probably could be worse. I yeah, think, I think yeah. Group C is probably a slightly tougher yeah. group when, on paper anyway. Um, O'Mahony's in round one. You could nearly script that. It's been the case in a couple of years in the recent <laughs> past. Neither, neither game went well for us. They hammered us on the two occasions. But I think there's a young team coming through with us. Playing in Division 2. They're getting wins under our belt. O'Mahony's are going to go in as red hot favourites. Our lads are going to be quietly confident. I think when they go into that game, we got a few lads back from injury at the weekend. So it's not like you to hype up a central team. If <laughs> look at it, come the week of the game, I'll tip O'Mahony's. Don't worry about that. <laughs> but so, I think when you look through, as you said, Kells and O'Mahony's are probably the two teams most likely to come first and second. Kells will probably top the group, and then um, third place. Could be anybody. Yeah, um, you know, I, 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 I suppose you're probably saying Kells because of uh, the last couple of years, but there's this is a definitely a, a revitalised Navin O'Matneys and and on chocolate, but more so O'Matneys and, mm. and uh, the guy that the new guy that they have in from Galway. What's his name? I can't remember. <laughs> Shane O'Brien. Shane O'Brien. Uh, he, he's a wonderful, wonderful uh, prospect as but well. Oh, man, he's brought through a as, lot of young lads. As, and as, as David Rispin shakes his head here in disgust. Why is that, David? Uh, we, we, we were 
we were, were close. We were close to pulling off a huge transfer, but it just didn't happen. And man, he's uh, the slightly bigger. I think a club player, a club player of his was trading, or a brother-in-law or something of, of his was training with Navin O'Matney's for the last couple of years. Mm. Well, he, we, he actually trained with them last year himself As when well. he was still playing at home in Galway. Um, I think they got to a, a quarter final in the Galway Championship, and I think the commute was just too much for him this year. He's a big club man. But he decided to join O'Mahony's this year and he seems to be going from strength to strength so yeah, far. Yeah, he's absolutely flying and O'Mahony's with a few new, a few older heads back. Oshin O'Brien, sorry. Oshin O'Brien, sorry. O'Brien. And then there's a couple more, they've got a few of the older heads back and they've got a couple of young lads coming through and a couple more lads to come back. I think Navin O'Mahony's are, are, uh, are, you know, they're, they're a team to watch this year, definitely. Mm. And we'll move on to Group B. I'm going to go to you, uh, Kieran. Group B is Minalvi, Rathkenny, Longwood, Rathholt, Dunamore, Ashburn, and Summerhill. And uh, I suppose again, if you're going by recent years, um, you probably look at Dunamore, Ashburn, and Summerhill being the top two. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's going to be a cracker in the first game. I know I can kind of plot hopefully some of the bigger games that are going to be in Park Tolson. They're going to be great spectacles to see. But I think even moving on to the other rounds, like as well, like in them groups, nearly every group has got a few local kind of derbies, mm. which are great for supporters. Like, there's nothing better than playing championship football in hurling only when you're playing against your near neighbours. Like, mm. and we're going to, well, that'll be a, re- a recurring theme throughout the whole discussion tonight. But like in the next round, you, when you see Dunamore play Rathoth, and you have the likes of Manalvi and Longwood and these lads playing each other, Summerhill, so Summerhill, Manalvi, mm. so like the the pitch there, Kilmore Park, and Manalvi is only literally five minutes of a walk outside Summerhill Village like mm. so that just shows you how close these teams are like so yeah. and they play hurling together you know like, <laughs> well that's only a, a new thing now, that'd be, <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a few things you could say on that but there's no need to go there I suppose we'll move on uh, we won't spend too long on this because we do want to spend a, quite a, uh, a bit of time on the um, the game from the weekend and we will obviously be talking a lot more about the championship when it gets closer but we'll talk about the groups anyway Group C sees St. Peter's Dunboyne Curraha Nafina St. Column Kills Simonstown and Wolf Tones David listen we'll go back to you for this one um, again another tough group and and looking the common team between the the three groups I suppose is that in each of them you've got semi-finalists or quarter-finalists mm. from the last three years in each group so kind of a good spread of of the top top teams I suppose yeah Brian Brian already mentioned it, that it could have been worse for Sanchez and I could have I'd, I'd agree with him I think group C is the one um looking at it I mean again Curraha are probably going to be up against it straight away um the, the the other five teams will all fancy their chances of getting out of the group. But the the holy all of it is one of them, at least one of them is going to end up in relegation. Yeah, there, you know one of them big five teams between Peters Dunboyne, Nafina, Simonstown, Wolf Tones, and St Colm Gills are going to find themselves in them relegation playoffs. And you never know when you when you end up in them, what could happen. There are one off games, and they really are tense affairs. And for a club like that, like of the caliber of them clubs end up in that you just never know how they'll react Yeah, they should be good enough they'll have better players than the teams they'll be up going up against but if they landed and they have a poor year it's very hard to arrest the slide so it'll be interesting yeah it's really going to make for a great um, Fairy House Steel Senior Championship we're going to move on now to the Mead Potato um, Intermediate Football Championship and Group A says <coughs> Oldcastle Knobber Mead Hill Kilmainham Drumbara and Ballinlock and uh, I suppose when you look at that one, Brian Kelly, straight away we look and go, Oldcastle and Ballinlock are uh, going to be 
reliving an old rivalry that's been going on for the last couple of years. Oh, that's like, I think the one draw Oldcastle didn't want last night was to get Ballinlock. <laughs> and the one draw Ballinlock wanted to get was Oldcastle because they think the, the Indian sign over Oldcastle at this stage. Really, it's a bare pit of a draw. Like, all North Mead teams, like, there'll be huge attendances at all them games because there's rivalries, there's probably scores to be settled funnily enough if if uh, if Kells pitch was in the town is it still is mm. it still I, I, we go to kick here just for a second well, there? I know that the the Gale Comic Club from talking to them they want to they do want to move to Grange Garden full time but the park is still they do all their training and they they play a lot of the summer league matches in the park so it's very much available so because because that could be that could be the the, the yeah, three games of triple header, triple in, header in the park, in yeah. the park in Kells, <laughs> and you could play all of the uh, all of Group A games on the one day and each weekend. It'd be, it'd be easy enough to kind of coordinate the Gardaí as well. Like, kind of <laughs> you'd have them all in kind of one location. That would be, exactly. yeah, you know. yeah. But yeah. I was I was at the all paddy wagons in one area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was at the Kilmainham and Drabara game last year in the park in in Kells. It was it was in August time, and it was an unbelievable game in the sense that Kilmainham you know, were completely outplayed, comprehensively outplayed, and in the last five minutes, the stage of remarkable comeback, and ended up putting Drumbarra in the mire. Now, Drumbarra escaped the relegation playoff in the end, but it's it's the old kind of, the romantic venue, isn't it? You know, the the, the park in Kells, oh, everyone on the hill, yeah, lovely day, um, just a proper venue for football. It's great to see. So, yeah, definitely, and chances are, they, they mightn't end up meeting each other, a couple of them sides, till we get into the summer months, you know, when the, when the second championship kicks into gear. <laughs> but um, yeah, that'll be interesting for sure. Like, when you look here in round two, there's an obvious double header for the park and Kells. <laughs> Kilmainham and Drumbarra. Yeah. And then Ballinlock and Oldcastle. Like, if that was a double header in Kells, like... They'll make more money by just doing them as single games because they'll be full <laughs> houses, both of them nearly so. <laughs> but you'd have, the, you'd have all of North Mead and... Practically, a lot of the county would just go to that double yeah, yeah. because anything, anything could happen. Yeah. Oh, look, it's uh, it's uh, it's brilliant. That that really is a remarkable group for for the mid uh, intermediate championship. Um, and for the record, it wasn't rigged. Just for anyone's worry. No, because we didn't get the ultimate. So, no, in fairness, we can prove it's not rigged because that's videoed and up on the mid Facebook page anyway. So. That's, yeah, that's yeah. fairly clear cut. Yeah, yeah. When, when you're explaining, you're losing. <laughs> that's, that's what I say. No, we're, uh, not, we're not in the CCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCC
one maybe for the I think they played in St Finian's Park in Clonard last year I think in the championship so maybe that'd be a, another venue they could play in it's a lovely pitch out there in Clonard so yeah I think I think that's another good group going to move on now to group C and we'll go to Brian Kelly for this one Blackhall Gales Dunmore Ashburn St Peter's Dunboyne Delique Bellistown Waterstown and Dundery and uh, just as well just to say the top three qualify for the knockout stages the preliminary quarter final would B3 versus C3 in the groups and then relegation no team to be relegated to the junior football championship for 2019 um, because of the restructuring and whatever so um, interestingly though uh, Dunmore Ashburn and St Peter's Dunboyne both their second teams playing in the Intermediate Championship Group C. Yeah, that's a really interesting one here because they're teams who are liable to lose players up as the season goes on. So yeah. when you play them, could have a really decisive impact on mm. how you get on against them. Like, do league values to play Dunbine in round one? That could go anyway. But if the league played them in round five, the league would definitely be hot favourites because Dunbine would have lost four or five lads exactly. over the course of the season. Like Waterson and Dundry nearly have a little bit of a... Um, uh, the fact that they play each other f- in round one and uh, like Dunderry don't play on buying ex- round five exactly mm. you know yeah, so yeah. Um, but it is it's an interesting group we're going to what we'll do now is we'll move on um, because we're taking up a good bit of time oh hang on there's a man here who wants to speak uh, David Rispin you wanted to talk about Group C uh, no I wanted to talk about the Junior A Championship <laughs> I was going to move on to the Junior A Championship would you relax calm down he was worrying that they were going to just Jeez, move on I'm, I'm, I'm only moving I'm trying to look for the Junior A Championship here we go uh, Junior Championship yeah, we're going to move on to the Junior Championship, David. That, that's what I'm doing, stro- scrolling <laughs> down here. So, in the Junior Football Championship, um, Group A sees Beliver versus Karen Ross, Minalty versus Clannard, and St. Ultons versus Moyle. Um, so, that's the six in Group A. David, um, uh, tough, tough group there. And when you consider Karen Ross, uh, who are flying high at the moment, they they should probably be the favourites of Moyla beaten finalists a couple mm. of years ago. Yeah, they they will be the favourites, I'd imagine, Karen Ross. Um, Beliver, semi-finalist last year, were hotly tipped to go on and win it and, and failed. Um, Minolte, who have progressed, their, their underage is coming through. They have a couple of um, mead under-17s now in their ranks as well. A word for the near neighbours. Yeah, it's a tough group for them. Um, it'll be it'll be a baptism of fire in the junior championship for them. Uh, Myla, as you said, real, real hardy, you know, well. <laughs> He's making me laugh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, just uh, for anybody who's listening to the podcast, you can't see me uh, making the action that he stirring the pot here at the minute, so he is. Um, but no, it, it is a tough group for the Manal series. Junior B, though, that's no, they actually it. can't be relegated yeah. to Junior B, which is a good thing. But uh, look at Clenard. Clenard, it's, yeah, it, it, that's, that's a tough group. Um, but Ultons, I'm sure, will fancy coming out of it. But Miley won't give the mat in handy in, in round one. In round one. I suppose we'll move on to Group B. Um, we'll go to uh, we'll go to Brian Kelly for this one, and then we'll come back to, to David Rispin maybe. In Group B, it's Courtown, Kilmaine and Mud, St Vincent's, Dunsany, Clonagale, and St Bridget's. And Brian Kelly, um, you know, nothing easy in that group either. St Vincent's last year's beaten finalists uh, taking on Dunsany in round one. Well, I'd say there's five teams fairly happy. <laughs> well, we're one of them. <laughs> like Vincent's, I'd say are fairly happy. Don't say any. Like they'll think they can come out with that. Kilmaine and Wood. Like 
I'd say when you look at their round one fixture. Are you stirring the pot now as well? They, they couldn't be any He's happier. He's making it too obvious. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this is what you want. You want to play it yeah, in yeah. quarter. No, play yeah. Play it in all together. I know, like, um, I'd say any of the Saints have been doing that themselves in the, in the league. We bet from Condra the last day. Do you not remember? <laughs> Realistically there, any of the six teams will go into that group thinking that they can come out of it. Yeah. Like, it's, an, it's a wide open group and with no relegation every team is going to think they can have a cut yeah Kieran. I think just a big one the St Vincent's Unsaney I know the last few years that's been a fixture that's been very hotly contested I know that Unsaney lads are mad to get going on them because the Vincent's have been a really good team the last two years especially and they've been just super fit they've been super kind of uh, intense to play and they played in the league recently and the, the Vincent's won and I think Unsaney will be mad to play them now but I think the Vincent's will be definitely the strong favourite in Group B uh, as I said, maybe Dunsany and Kamena Wood, maybe two and three. I think Gordon don't have a hope for sure. We'll move on. I can't wait. Until <laughs> Do you know what? I can't wait till we play you. I would love it. Yeah. I would love it if we beat them. <laughs> Take off that headphone set. <laughs> but uh, I was just going to say, I can't wait until the round where Gordon and Dunsany meet. So we're a oh, month out from Championship and Gordon's corner forward is already in meltdown. <laughs> He's calling out Dunsany. <laughs> we're going to move on to Group C there's not much to say about Group C anyway it's O'Matney, Centerson Gail Collin Killing Nafina Screen Dunshockland Summerhill Wolf Tones all the second teams uh, uh, in that group the, the ones that haven't won the Junior Championship obviously Dunboyne and Ashburn are in intermediate but they obviously won't be in the Junior Championship next year um, and it's probably you know uh, looking through those teams there isn't too many of the second teams there that any of the teams in Group A or B will be that worried about it I don't think possibly Summerhill usually are strong on screen but as Brian says before it depends what teams lose and, and use throughout the year the longer the year goes on it's very hard to keep yeah. teams and in fairness to Dunboyne last year they managed to keep the vast majority of their players throughout the championship which was excellent but a lot of clubs aren't in the same they don't have that luxury really because well, they were one of the best teams like last year like with Chocolate Tower of Junior Championship it was very well like kind of receded and that like it was respect and the, they kept their squad as much as possible together, and they got their senior squad together, and basically they just ran through it. And the mine were really impressive, like, and then that's Barry Comer accepted the cup that day, and he got a great speech. So we were talking about that last night myself and Brian at the county board meeting, and he dedicated it to his his wife and that. And it was just a nice touch of moment by St Peters, and I hope them lads will have a good run in the intermediate and the next the next batch of the mine lads will be looking to win that junior A as well and be. Won't be that bad, I'd say. No, absolutely. And I just want to give a mention to the Junior B Football Championship, not because I'm going to be managing the Simonson team that's played in, in the Junior B Championship, but there are some first teams in the Junior B Championship, and funnily enough, four of them ended up in the same... Well, that's predetermined, isn't it? Oh, is that predetermined yeah. in the in, in the Junior B Championship? I didn't realise that. I was I thought that it was an open draw. Slain, Boards Mill, Kilbride... Not that good at rigging Drum, the Actually, there's five, yeah. Drum yeah. and St Mary's, all... All in that same group, and uh, all of them obviously will be progressing to Junior A Championship next year. But would love to be all of them would love to be going up, having won the mm. Junior B Championship outright, and to feel that they're you know justified in going up to Junior A Championship. But uh, they all are in. They're the other five first teams that are not playing in the top three championships. Lads, it's time to move on. It's uh, time to move on to our. Long, I suppose. Just, just before Michael moves on completely, the hurling championships will be done in depth when they actually start near in June. Like I think Michael, what, what do you mean in depth? 
Oh, he's, he's, yeah. start, he's starting a new podcast oh, on right. his own. Did you not see the microphone yeah. he got? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, when I came into the podcast here today, there was a big fire out in the back garden, and I was wondering what it was. And I could smell a bit of ash in the hurling, and I was wondering what it was. So, yeah. Don't worry, I'll keep flying the hurling flag. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah me, me. Says the fellow wearing it, don't say any, Jack. Me and Jerry McIntyre were out the back, so we, were, <laughs> we, had, a, we had a bonfire on a hurling stick, so we did. But, keep fighting the good fight. <laughs> anyway, lads, time to move on. We've got 20 six minutes gone in the podcast already and it's time to move on and that one bit of sense to the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now we're going to start talking sense we're going to move on to the main event it was Mead versus Kildare uh, in uh, in Park Tolchin on Sunday a massive game for Mead uh, and obviously for Kildare um, and a game that saw what can only be described as an old Mead football dis- performance it had absolutely everything. It had guts, determination, and never say die attitude. And Mead came out on the right side of a one point victory, one goal and nine to one goal and eight. Um, and lads, that roar, yeah, that roar. That's all. That's like even when I'm saying it, this, the hair on the back of my neck is standing up. I, I, I like. I obviously I wasn't there. I was I was working on Sunday, but I've looked at Twitter. I've seen it. Uh, the roar and it just. It, it, it sends shivers up the spine, David Rusman. Yeah, it was incredible, and I suppose it's it. It wasn't just at the end of the game. Obviously, the loudest roar came at the final whistle, but the reception or the atmosphere throughout the game, even when it wasn't going Meads' way, was excellent. And that's not something that we generally hear in Nav. And with all due respect to the Mead supporters, when sometimes when it's not going well, the supporters can get on the team's back and get on the management's back and start shouting abuse and and this kind of thing. None of it. And at, and at times, there was what you ne- you never justify it, but there was a, there was times where you'd nearly say, well, you know, you'd expect things to have gone quiet or a few moans and groans to to come out from the crowd, and it did when a couple of the bad wides or the the final ball let us down. But in, on the main, the supporters stuck with the team right up until the death, and and it definitely had an influence because if Mead kicked a wide, generally you'd hear this kind of this kind of gush of anguish moan or yeah but or... but it was it was more kind of support to win the next, next ball time, next time yeah and and eventually it happened um and it was just incredible the way the game went because it felt for long stages that second half like the game was slipping away from us and that we were going to miss an opportunity we absolutely dominated second half like Kildare only kicked a point in the second, in the half. second half but it didn't really feel like that it felt like that it was kind of score for score, but it wasn't. Mead, Mead went through stages where they kicked several wides and, and presentable opportunities, which they haven't been missing in previous games. But the resolve shown by the players themselves, which which was spoke about here before, mainly against Armagh, but also against Tipperary and Cork as and well, Cork as well yeah. um, was incredible. And look, we'll talk about the goal more in depth, but the whole move around the goal was unbelievable. Biggie picked the ball up, far side, terror side, outside the right boot an unbelievable yeah. ball to Conor we'll, McGill we'll, yeah. we'll, we will yeah, but, uh, we will but just un- unbelievable unbelievable stuff yeah you're, you're getting ahead of yourself you're getting, you're getting very excited, excited. <laughs> very excited it's very exciting he's booked the first week off in, in September as well from work he's just he's very excited about the whole thing right Kelly um, in fairness he has every right to be excited that was that was a performance as I said at the start like an old mead team and never say die attitude which they have that that characteristic has been built over the last four games before this game, um, and it just came to fruition again at the end of this game against Kildare. Definitely, like at times, 
Mead were dominant in the second half in particular. They, Kildare never got a sniff. Kildare had three shots in the second half. Like that, though, that's an incredible display from a team. Defensively, we were outstanding. Shane Gallagher, who's come in in the Cork match, fit in like love. Never gave his man a sniff. But Donald Keoghan, like, what more can we say about Keoghan? Yeah. Like, it's only now, at, in the last day or two, you see some of the national journalists picking up on Keoghan and care Kane on last night about how good he is and like it's about time isn't it it's about time like well, see, it's about see, time some of these lads were getting the recognition well, they deserve well yeah but you, these you don't see players getting recognition unless a team is doing well do you know and it's fair to say that in previous years that Mead Mead have folded like you know the West Mead game in particular the the the, mm. the in Crow Park mm. the the Longford game last year the the um, Kildare game two years ago so you can understand you, you can't you can't justify saying that a player is absolutely amazing unless he backs it up week after week after week and this Mead team are doing it. And that's, I suppose, the reason why, you know, everybody's known that, that Kyogen is a good footballer. Um, but the team itself hasn't, uh, hasn't uh, performed uh, to the level that it can. And it's only starting to come to, to, to the forefront now. Mm. Oh, definitely. Like, there's, a, there's an attitude in the group, I think, at this stage that whatever has to be done, they're going to do it. Yeah. Like other teams, when, when those balls going wide on Sunday would have dropped ahead, but no, there was a belief in the Mead team that they were going to make it happen, and nothing typified that more than Conor McGill's run, which created the penalty. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll whoa, come to that. Whoa, relax. Whoa. Yeah, calm him down. Hang on, I'm all right. You calm down. You take a break there now. You're getting excited as well. Jesus Christ. Put me on, put me on, Mickey. Put me on. Put me on. We're going to go to you, Keogh. Put me on. Pass that mic over. When was Keogh in the visory? Substitute there. One of the things that Brian Kelly did hit on was, you know, that Mead weren't going to give up and they were going to do everything that they could to win that game. And that was epitomised in uh, the injury that occurred to Niall Kane. He, who was after coming on, and ap- by all accounts had an unbelievable game when he, when he came in, and went for a ball. The, the way they've described it in, in the newspapers and stuff is that he went for a ball that lads wouldn't put their foot in, and he dived in and won the ball, and then took this massive injury, a broken arm, and we want to wish him a speedy recovery. But to do that, like it was a 70-30 ball in, against, his, against him. It was in favour of the Kildare man, but he went in and wholeheartedly, and he took one for the team, as they say. Absolutely. It's, it's hopefully going to be kind of, some of these moments we kind of meet folklore, hopefully, in a few years, and they say, this is when we kicked on, when we got to Division 1, and we started to build up our repertoire of, of players and skillful players that got us back to the good old days. And I think... Like Sweeter Kane, like you, like. I'm going to pull you up there. We've never lacked skillful players. No, but and in the last I should fill 15, up our repertoire. That's yeah, but you said skillful million. players. Well, I don't think we've lacked in skill yeah, over the last ten or fifteen years. Just wanted to pull you up on that because it's, we've had we've had unbelievably skillful it's players. It's putting your body in the line. Yeah, it's just the work rate. But go on anyway. We'll let you yeah, keep well, going. I was terrible. just going to stop you from getting excited. No, well, you can hear me. I'm very calm. The voice of reason has been calm. <laughs> you know he's a Harlem man, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yes. As so David like, Rispin goes back into the box of sweets. Don't say anything. Don't even. He won't even. He won't the, even cart, the cart. The nutritionist is having nightmares here. <laughs> he won't even fit in the jersey. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now again, like he really went for a ball that just wasn't on. But it just shows the desire. And I think I've mentioned it a few times the last few weeks. Thankfully, it's kind of coming back to like this idea of mentality. 
there really is like a positive reinforced attitude like everything is meticulously planned everything is good every player knows his job when he comes on like the substitutions pretty much worked everything kind of clicked from a tactical standpoint and realistically uh, all the players can look around and look each other in the eye and they know that everyone's going to go for the ball as if it's the last thing they ever do in this earth and they really like sometimes things didn't go well for them in the game there's a few errant passes a few poor shots like the man might have got the better of him but I think every single man in that field who made a mistake immediately rectified it the next time they really yeah. just went for it and I think like as a mead supporter like what more can you ask for that they really put the body on the line in every in metaphorically and literally in every sense they're going for everything and hopefully they're going to deliver for us and we're going to have a great day out Crow Park I think well, hopefully it's we won't. We and won't. I'm calming down. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tag me out. Tag me out. He's not getting ahead of himself. We're two games again. Again, tag me out. You got too excited. We're going to have to pull it back. And uh, what we're going to do is. Um, first of all, I just wanted to say um, as well that we uh, took note, Peter O'Halloran, the Mead County Board Chairman, did uh, say about how proud he was of this bunch of players, but also wanted to wish Niall Kane a speedy recovery from that uh, horrific injury he, he took on, on the weekend. But he took it to took it so that Mead could progress. I, I'm just so proud of that lad. He is the ultimate uh, professional when it comes to GEA, to training, to everything. He is... I'm just he's just been so unlucky the the injuries he gets are always from doing something like that but mm. putting his body on the line and and he just gets up again Not and he DJ goes no 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 he gets back up and he goes again so I just wanted to I just wanted to say how proud I am of him and just a speedy recovery as well before we go to the interviews uh, uh, that David Rispin got after the game I want to just go through a few uh, Twitter um, uh, some reactions that we got on Twitter so if you just want to make any remarks we will do uh, Sean Caffrey just wanted to say the dark days are over the last 25 years supporting me makes that win all the sweeter Outstanding second half performance. They're stealing that team. Donald Kogan will go down as an all-time great, as used boys were just pointing out, and hopefully he does. And he then he has the the two love hearts, the green and gold love hearts. That's strong praise from a Drumbara man. It is. Normally you wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't see yeah. comments like that. So that says it all. Yeah, I think I think he needs <laughs> like, to calm down a little bit. Like in fairness yeah. to eat their young and North Mead, so like that's <laughs> that is real praise. <laughs> uh, uh, Tom O'Connor didn't make it to the ladies' game this week, lads, but he was in Park Tolchin. Uh, Lavin has been very consistent. But uh, but for only his second game this year, Gallagher has been great in the two of them. His English is a little bit poor, but we'll, we'll, we'll work on that, Tom. We'll work on that, Tom. Uh, it's an absolutely solid full-back line with McGill in between them, and we couldn't agree more. Um, Richie Quigley, he travelled... Richie Quigley travelled down from Donegal for this uh, and drove home a very happy man. One of the great days in Navan. A second half full of passion, determination, and never-say-die attitude. A very honest and hard-working bunch of players. The roar at the end of the match was unreal, and... It really was. It's just, even reading it, absolutely brilliant. Deck done. Uh, last week, I travelled from Mullingar to Cork and back on the same day. This week, I was frozen in the snow. Do I regret it? Not one bit. This is my life. And just to say thank you to the management and players for their efforts. Promotion is what we all deserve. Call on the Royal. Um, fair play, Deck. And uh, again, Cormac Brady listening in from uh, Philadelphia. Cormac never misses the podcast. I want to give him a real good shout out. He's such a passionate Mead man. Uh, he follows everything uh, uh, that's Mead and, and, and listens in from across the water. He can tell us he was listening in to LMFM in Philadelphia. And when the Penno went in, he had tears of joy. 
um, that's how much it meant. Talking points, he wants an update on the injuries and uh, he just asks, should Biggie and Darda start or should we keep them uh, for a strong bench, which is also so crucial? Um, that's one that we'll look at now in a couple of minutes. I'll just ch read this one out. I would agree, this is uh, John McCabe, I would agree that Shane Gallagher was the pick yesterday, but I think that Lavin is our best man marker. Slight error yesterday, but has been very consistent in my opinion. Hopefully Gallagher can start these last two games and show us how good he really is, but unfortunately we know that Shane Gallagher is not going to be able to start the last two games. Uh, is that, sorry? Oh, I think you're going off and sort of run with you, yeah. What's, yeah. Our, what's wrong with Shane Gallagher? Yeah. But who's he, who's he on then? Uh, hopefully Gallagher can... Um, who's he on a bit? He just wants him to start, like, to keep his form going, I think, is he? I think your English might need improvement as well. <laughs> <laughs> Did it's you think he says Kane? It's Kane that's out, not Oh, Gallagher. yeah, 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 He's yeah, 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 I was... <laughs> I even mixed like, up there for a minute. You want to leave it up? <laughs> I, was get, I was getting wake excited. Up, I was, yeah, wake up, come on. Yeah, with the program here, Mickey. Yeah. We're mad for road. Here, so Shane yeah. Gallagher will start, sorry, the set last two games. And uh, and, there, and there's no doubt that he... he, he like You look at his, his three games, his last three games for, for me, was Tyrone in the championship last year and he was man the match that day. And his last two games, absolutely outstanding. Mm. To go back to Cormac uh, Brady's, uh, an update on the injuries, well... <clears throat> Um, Neil Kane has a broken arm, and uh, the other injuries. Ben Brennan. Yeah, Ben. I think I think Andy says Ben. You said in the interview. I think Ben should be okay. He got a heavy knock to his leg, but um, the fact that it was two weeks between the games. Yeah. If it was next week, maybe he'd be a bigger doubt. It'll help. But Andy, Andy says the kind of day and the weather and that was kind of. Yeah, Kildare took a couple of big knocks as well. You know, mm, they, they had they, a couple of players that go off for concussion. So yeah, yeah. Well, he he took a big knock off the goalpost. Yeah, like, so he did. And, and Ben is a player who's really come to the boil like two points last week had to come off in the first half four points this week like he's really starting to come to the fore as a leader and a, a he was outstanding yeah it's great to see because he had a slow start to the league yeah. so it's fantastic to see him performing well and then the other one the other question he asks is should Biggie and Darda start or should we keep them as impact subs and my opinion on that one is impact subs uh, I think to have the, a player of the quality of Graham Riley and the experience of him coming on, uh, fully fit and at full throttle against a tyrant defence is brilliant. Dardis, he's done enough for a start, so he has. Um, it's only his second league game, mm. you know, and he scored one one in each game. I think he'll be pushing. I, I think Biggie will probably as well. The two of them had a big influence when they when they came on. I know that's sort of backing up your point as to why they should maybe come on as opposed to start but if you ask them two guys themselves I don't think they'd be happy for a place in the bench so oh, well, but it, nobody but it, should be again it goes back to it's it's a brilliant problem to have for, for Andy to have this sort of problem and it's something that we haven't had for a long time yeah lads pushing the guys that are there and it's creating that competition which is healthy for a squad and so if well, you've, it probably also comes down to who's fit for the next day like Bryony Mack came off with an injury at half time so like if he's gone for the next day who knows Barry Darris is a tailor-made fella for the inside forward line, especially with the mark. He's a bit of height about him, well able to feel the ball anywhere inside 40 metres and he'll pop it over the bar. Like. Yeah, sure, yeah. he's a keeper, sure, he should. Yeah. He should have that. But like, dare I say, like, the competition at, at training, hopefully, like, they might be hopefully flaking each other training. At, you know, they might be just going hard. <laughs> Couldn't get a week without you yeah. getting a bit of flaking in. Yeah, but like, that's what I tell you, love it. Like, lads are actually fighting for training spots, even in 
getting out maybe getting to the top of the line at the drills maybe elbow lands out of the way and like, like, I want to go first you know like yeah. even there you reckon Shane Gallagher has nailed on to start the next day James McIntyre is probably back, back in the mix in, yeah. so like where does he fit in does Ronan Ryan drop back into corner back and if he does does Gallagher lose out like it's Gav- a, Gavin McCoy possibly it's, it's, a, fa- it's, it's very... a fantastic problem to have yeah like there's four or five backs there and they're all looking over their shoulder for the next game with McIntyre coming back. And, and, and McIntyre isn't all, guaranteed his place either. Yeah, and, and yes, they're all chomping at the bit yeah. when they're on the sideline to get back on and to impress. It's absolutely brilliant. What we might do is, lads, we'll just... Uh, while we take a, we'll take a second and go to David Rispin's interview with Barry Darvis after the game because we've spoken about him for the last five minutes. If you'd like to advertise on the We Are Mead podcast, please get in contact with us by emailing wearemead at gmail.com or contact Damien on 085-1127-089. The We Are Mead podcast, because it matters more. I'm now joined with Mead Hero of the Hour, Barry Dardis, um, after a tremendous win against Kildare and Navin. Um, Barry, it's hard to know where to start with it. I suppose the, the goal is probably a good spot to start. You came on and straight away, a bit like last week, huge impact. Yeah, I suppose I came on and uh, I suppose the first thing I got was nearly free and put that wide. And I was like, right, I need to get on to the next ball, so I do. So then kind of worked my way into the game from there and got a neat, nice, easy free. I had another wide, but then when the penalty came, kind of we were looking around to see who to take it. Seeing Mickey, obviously I came on for Mickey, he was going off, so kind of stepped up. No one else seemed like they wanted to take it, so I kind of stood up and just kind of put the head down. I was like, right, just focus on putting this now to the left side and just powering it, because goalie looked at left when he came on, so it was, it was just a relief more so than when he went when it went in, like, you know, some feeling when it went in, like, just to direct the crowd, like, I suppose. It was unbelievable. The atmosphere in, in Navin today was, was incredible. Andy called for the supporters yeah. to turn out during the week, and, and they were here in full voice up yeah. until the final whistle. Oh, 100%. Like, kind of, when you seen the weather this morning, you were like... Jeez, there mightn't be as big a crowd as everyone's yeah. expecting because the whole county has nearly been going on about this game all week Yeah. so once we kind of got going in the game you could hear that Mead really wanted to like get behind us and they were, I think we were two when, the penalty, when we got the penalty we were two points down and I remember there was just the crowd were just waiting to just get going and we got the penalty and just the feeling of like the crowd all roaring oh, it was unbelievable yeah, like. yeah. And, and for yourself personally I know it's been a, an incredible couple of weeks for you coming yeah. on in Cork for your league debut last week and, and getting 1-1 off the bench and then coming on today and having a huge say in the, the end yeah. result it must be brilliant oh it's brilliant I suppose uh, if it wasn't for Marky Brennan pushing me out at number 16 spot, <laughs> I'd, be, uh, I'd be still there sitting on the bench. There he is there. I'd be still sitting on the bench as number 16. But, uh, oh, look, that, that's over, I suppose. But, um, oh, yeah, it's a great feeling. I was kind of biding my time just waiting to come on. You know, once you quit at your chance, you kind of have to take it. And happily enough now, I came on against Cork and obviously got the goal. And then today, I, I was like, right, if I got 10, 15 minutes to have an effect in this mm. game, I'd be absolutely delighted. Then came on, it could have been 20 minutes left, and oh, once we got going, oh, it was a great feeling. Just even the buzz, those are the games that you live for. The weather, obviously, wasn't that nice, but, like, geez, the buzz of getting a win like that, and yeah. the way we got it as well, because like, once the goal went in, there was only, I think, two minutes left at a time. It was everyone behind the ball, just hang on for dear life, so... I was brilliant. And then I suppose looking ahead, we're in. We're obviously in a great position now with two games left to go. 
the focus now is going to be on Ennis in two weeks against Clare. It's going to be another tough game down there, but we're in a brilliant position, I suppose. Keeping keeping our feet on the ground is the most important thing. Yeah, that's the most important thing. That's kind of what we've been trying to do all week, kind of just keep our feet on the ground because we knew what Clare capable. You've seen the first 10, 15 minutes, like just they play nice, silky football at times, and you could see they kicked it was at one tree, just easy with them, like just kicking nice scores and all. And you're kind of like, geez, if they keep kicking these all day, how we get a touch on them? But um, <clears throat> yeah, keeping ground is the main thing. Um, going down to Clare now will be another big battle. Like they seem to be a team that. You just seem to get these results. Mm. You're, you're kind of looking at them at some stage, and you're like, they get hammered by one team. The following week, and they go out, yeah. and then they get a result against other like teams. So you're kind of you don't know what to expect. So you have to be really prepared against Clare. So and you can't even be looking forward to the Fermanagh game because you take one step at a time. And it's seen all the other results in this yeah. division. Like it's constant, like tear dog eat dog. Like it's anyone could go up or down. Like. Yeah, yeah, Barry. Congratulations on the thanks win and, and the goal. Well yeah, done. Thanks, Millie. Cheers, Barry. So, David, I suppose uh, we'll go to you because you did the interview with him, and you know, listening to him there, he's just he's he's grounded, but you can feel the joy that you know from the players. It's just it's they're just loving this at the moment. Yeah, it's a, it's a great story with Barry too. Personally, I I know him quite well and. He probably hasn't had um, had the rub of the green when he's been in on the Mead squad before, and he's gone back in this this year, and it's been a funny kind of circumstance with the goalkeeper experiment. Yeah, and he's had to be patient. I mean, he's he's had to sit on the <laughs> it's line. Funny, or, yeah, like in the first game against Tipperary, he wore sixteen. Mm, you know? Yeah, and and as he said in the interview, only for Marcus Brennan's probably form and training, he'd still be sixteen. Yeah. So it's it's amazing the way these things pan out. But for him to come on last week, get his chance, score a goal and a point, um, get us over the line in Cork. Same again this week, came on and didn't, as he said in the interview, didn't have the best of starts, kicked a free wide near side, but has the bottle and the character to keep going. And I mean, th- that penalty, like, he was the coolest man at Park Talton. I, I couldn't look, no one could look really at it. And he says he just he just wanted him to... Yeah, know. well, you're a hurling man. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I suppose the, you talk about everything you do in some parts of it. That's why he didn't bother him, you know? But he, he took the penalty so well... You'd be proud of a strike like that. Ah, it, was, it was incredible. Top and, and corner, looking, yeah. looking back at it, even the goalkeeper, the sub-goalkeeper that came on, Aaron O'Neill, yeah. uh, gets a full hand on that ball. Yeah. But he, he, the power that was in the penalty was just sublime. And just as I mentioned that, I'm going to go to uh, Connor Cassidy, um, got in contact on Twitter, and he said, was Barry's penalty Roberto Firmino-inspired? Hashtag no luck. And there's a picture, you can check it out on Facebook or on Twitter, guys. Uh, just It's a picture of Barry Darda striking the penalty, and uh, the ball is travelling to the top corner, and he's still looking at the ground. It's a real, uh, it's a, it's a really good picture. So maybe he was nervous. Maybe he couldn't look either. <laughs> well, no, it's it's one of them ones where you put your head down and you just you smash know it. you smash it, and, yeah. and he, the power in the penalty, like the, in the kick, was absolutely phenomenal. And uh, it, there was no goalkeeper going to stop that, even if he got two hands on it. But uh, such a well taken penalty right into the top corner, and uh, the catalyst that one point win that's absolutely brilliant um, just go back to Twitter here uh, Paddy Coyne Kyogen was immense again yesterday he just gets better and better how long is Niall Kane out for he's a loss glides over the ground and we don't know how long he's going to be gone for we will be updating um, everybody in the next couple of weeks on the situation with Niall Kane and we all as we said already wish him a speedy recovery David Doyle uh, I agree he was immense a lot of pace in that mid defence uh, 
we now have an ability to break very quickly. Seamus Lavin is a hell of a find and Donald Kyogen's influence seems to grow as the game progresses. But Gallagher and in brackets Connor McGill were the pick out of our uh, well, the pick of our defenders yesterday. Um, I've gone to that one and then the last of our tweets uh, sorry, two tweets left. Has Barry Dardister earned us a start? We've spoken about that already. That was Jared Goff who got in contact. Thanks, Jared. Um Declan Dunn, just one other thing. The pass from Graham Riley to McGill that led to the penalty was pinpoint accuracy. If a Dublin Kerry Tyrone Mayo player uh, had done it, RTE would be hailing it like a second coming. It was absolutely brilliant. And in fairness, Deck, I think you're 100 percent right. And even on Sunday, uh, on League Sunday, they didn't even show the pass in for uh, the penalty. They didn't see the show the penalty takedown, um, and that was one of the next. Um, uh, replies that we got on Twitter from Noel Dunn I think RTE missed it and they didn't even show how the penalty came about um, which is very disappointing because it would have been lovely to see that pass and, and I suppose Brian Kelly you, you you were saying about the pass as well we slowed you down earlier on and we took you back but now you're allowed to talk about that pass from right time Ryan. no um, like the, pa- the pass was outstanding and like it took great vision to pick it out but it couldn't have happened either without Conor McGill deciding to make the run forward like as he said himself he's never been that far forward in a mid jersey before <laughs> but he just he said time was up he said we're losing by two if I go up and we lose the ball and we lose by three we still lose yeah so Colin Parkinson spoke about that take, today take he was nearly chance. given out that the full back was after receiving the ball that far up the pitch <laughs> and said he shouldn't have been there <laughs> but like take the chance and he just said what nothing to lose just go for it and he said, look, luckily Biggie looked up and seen him and picked him out with a great ball. And as I said to him, well, maybe it was lucky also that you didn't catch the ball. Because by him dropping it, Shane McIntyre got in the ball and was fouled. Yeah. So, like... You wouldn't want Conor McGill shooting for goal. No, no. Like, <laughs> you wouldn't have saving them. <laughs> he was talking after the game on Sunday with champagne football. It's not normally what you hear a full back on about. <laughs> but interestingly yeah, enough... drinking a few bottles <laughs> there, that's what meant, like. Interestingly enough, Andy McAtee says that you wouldn't want Shane McAtee shooting as well. Yeah, yeah. thank God he was he was fouled and, and didn't have to shoot. Don McGill did a he was going to last year. He's doing the the fundraiser for the charity at Christmas. He put he purposely put the number fourteen jersey on him, and he told Andy keep that in mind. So maybe he was just showing again that he maybe wants to move up that field. This is when David Risman caught up with an absolutely joyous Andy McAtee straight after the game. If you'd like to advertise on the We Are Mead podcast, please get in contact with us by emailing wearemead at gmail.com or contact Damien on 085-1127-089. The We Are Mead podcast, because it matters more. I'm joined, delighted to be joined by Mead manager Andy McAtee after, uh, um, I don't know what's the right word to use Andy after that game, but where do you start, I suppose, an incredible win for your side this afternoon yeah look at I mean it, it was a battle that's what it was it was from the word go it, uh, conditions made it uh, that that's the type of game it was going to be and it ultimately it come down to probably the team that, that uh, showed a little bit more heart and a little bit more resilience and fortunately enough I think that was us yeah and, and over the duration of the league so far your team have shown many characteristics and traits but I suppose today the overriding one was character at one stage you were five or six points down to come back second half dominate the game Probably not get the rub of the green or the, the accuracy in front of the post, but keep plugging away, as you said, and getting the reward at the death. It must be so pleasing for you. Yeah, yeah. Look, at, I mean, I, I know there were a lot of opportunities missed, 
uh, either through inaccuracy with the, with the final shot or maybe the wrong option. But when you see fellas doing the right thing pretty much as as much as they can, and that's what they were trying to do. They were mm. trying to do the right thing here. It's not as if anybody was glory hunting or anybody was just you know trying to grab the headlines. We were trying to do what we thought was the right thing, and that's that's really pleasing. And sometimes in in sport you don't get what you deserve. But today was probably something uh, one of those occasions where I think we got what we deserved in mm. the end. Absolutely, and I suppose for the penalty, Graham Riley picking an unbelievable ball outside of the boot across to Conor McGill, who made a long burst, long burst and run up the field. And then Shane McAdee getting fouled. It was uh, it was well, an incredible move. Yeah, I mean, probably the two most unlikely fellas to, to, <laughs> yeah. to, to find themselves in a goal-scoring position, <laughs> and the two of the lads that you might want to find them. Yeah. But whatever way it happened, it happened. But that shows that shows heart and that shows bravery. Mm. Uh, you got to take. I mean, Connor, Connor Sally said, got okay. I'm going to take a chance here and and, and I make that run yeah. and uh, a good a good look up from Graham and the ball was 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 nearly spot on. He had to reach for a bit and it spilled. And for Shane to find himself in that position, uh, I'd say he was glad he was fouled. I'm not, <laughs> so, I'm not too sure what his soccer skills are like. Yeah, yeah you know better than I would. <laughs> um, and then just on the injuries, I know Neil Kane came off with a, with a bad luck and injury, um, and Ben Brennan as well. Any any update? I know it's probably fairly soon to be asking you. Uh, yeah, it's a bit soon. Uh, Neil has gone to the hospital. I, you know, we suspect he might have a broken arm. Uh, Ben got a very heavy knock on the knee. Again, we'll have to wait and see what that looks like. Mm. And Brian Mack had a had a, a bad heavy knock on the calf. So, yeah. look, uh, that's that's the you know the conditions out there made for made for tackles like that, made for a lot of collisions, and uh, you can expect a certain amount of stuff mm. like that. So, unfortunately for for Neil, that looks like a long term injury. But I think I think the others will be okay. Yeah, please God. And Barry Dardis as well, second week in a row coming off the bench and. I mean, it was a huge, huge responsibility to step up for the penalty. Mickey Newman would be the designated penalty taker, but for Barry to step up in, in such a high-pressure situation and take responsibility like that, it must be, must be brilliant to see for you. Yeah, look, that's that's a ballsy move. I mean, yeah. uh, Barry's very much aware of, of of the situation. We're two points down here, you know. Uh, he he's he's aware that you know if this doesn't go well, chances are we're not going to win the game. Yeah. We're not going to get in now the game. So. And he had to stand there and think about it for a while. There was there was uh, there was somebody down, so it it showed it showed a lot of maturity and it showed a, a calm head and what a, what an excellent finish. I mean, yeah, it looked like going to the top right hand corner. I mean, yeah, and I think keeper got a hand on it as well. It was, Did he? Yeah, yeah, it looked oh. like it, but the power power got through. Oh, it was. I mean, and that was kind of my the thought going through my head was. <laughs> I hope he hits it hard and on yeah, target, and, yeah. and let's see. What Not like the one in Parnell Park. He chipped it over the bar, but <laughs> yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, and then looking forward, like last week, you spoke after the game in Cork about getting the supporters into Park Talton today. Um, Park Talton was, I haven't heard the stand. I don't know about yourself, I haven't heard the stand, you know, noise like that for a long, long time in Avon. No, the place was buzzing, and uh, I just, you know, Connor was here earlier, Connor McGill was earlier, and he's talking about, you know, the. The crowd are feeding off the players, and then the players, the players are feeding off the crowd. It was fantastic to see yeah. the numbers there, and uh, I'm really, really hopeful that that meet people come out in, in force and and, uh, and support this team because because the supporters are really important to us. Mm. Uh, the people of me, they're really important to this team, and uh, I, I think it, it works both ways. And uh, it's it's nice to be able to give them something to, to feel mm. good about. Absolutely, you said last week there was something. There's something happening here. There's something going on here in Mead. I suppose 
Ennis now in two weeks is where, where it's going now. Well, that's the next step. I mean, the, I mean, the truth of the matter is, I, my, my read of it is, we got to win the two games. And, yeah. and uh, you, start, you start that by winning one game. And yeah. you gotta, we've got to have a look at, at the things that didn't uh, work out as well as we would like them today. Uh, see, can we improve on that and, uh, and build on, on the things that well, went well for us. But Clare are now in a position where they have to, they have to come out fighting too. Yeah. So... Uh, Look, it's 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 another it's, a, it's another battle ahead of us. So we get together during the week and, and try and prepare for it as best as we can. Andy, thanks a million. Congratulations on the win. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. So that was Andy McEntee. Very happy Andy McEntee after that result. And uh, the people still in 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 Park Tolchin at that stage just so overjoyed with with, with that result. And, and and I suppose this. This result is not just a result for that Mead team. This is a result for the supporters. And, you know, like as Sean Caffrey said earlier on in that tweet, you know, 25 years, since 2006 since Mead were last in uh, in Division 1. Um, well, not in Division 1, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. But, uh, and, and, and it's been such a long time that we've been waiting for, to be in a position to be going back up to Division 1. And, and we still are in a position, and it's in our own hands, we're not looking for results to go our own way. Uh, if we win our last two games, Kieran, you know that's it. We're guaranteed promotion. And ultimately, that's what every team wants. They want to be able to control their own destiny. And the Mead team really have—they've done it themselves. Like they haven't. We haven't really had any fortuitous kind of things. I know, like the penalties obviously is a bonus at the end, but we earned that penalty. We were up the field yeah. and really pushed the gun. And it wasn't the kind of a thing where the goalie flapped it into the net or anything like that. Every score we've got, we've worked hard. We've met defensive teams, we've played teams that weren't so and they were pressed up against us. We've beaten different types of teams, so like I think the Clare game upcoming will be a bit more of an open kinda like the Kildare game maybe like obviously a bit of defence football, but I think we're good enough to beat Clare then. And then for Man in the last game, they'll bring the, the great wall of Venice Killen probably and um, we're able to beat them there too. Well, so. the the thing about it is that we can't look past. That's no, we can't no. look past the Clare game. No. You know, we and can beat any side of team. And, and this this team as well They've set a set a, a marker for themselves, um, you know, and they've set a bar that they need to really stick with now, and they can't get complacent going down to Clare, um, because Clare, you know, are in a relegation playoff, and just as I mentioned that, let's look at look at the table. You've got Mead on eight points, you got Fermanagh on eight points, you got Donegal on six points, you got Kildare on five, you got Armagh on four, you've got Clare on three, you got Tipperary on three, and you've got Cork on three. So every single team are still fighting for something in that division, and the next round of games, which is uh, the weekend or Paddy's weekend. You've got the top four playing the bottom four. So, you know, going down to Clare, <clears throat> Clare's still fighting to stay out of relegation, you know. So, um, it's, a, it's a massive game. Just going back to that game, uh, Kieran, you do have the stats for us every week. What stats have you got for us on, on the Mead uh, Kildare game? Yeah, from maybe if you were looking at it from a pure stats uh, point of view, it doesn't make good reading. But when you were at the game and understand the context, these stats won't be as horrifying as they may sound. So, for example, uh, the Mead scoring, we won 9, which is 12 points. But we had 26 shots, scoring 10, which is 38%. 19 of those were from play, scoring 5, which is 26%. 7 dead balls, we scored 5, which is 71%. Then in Kildare... Condi- were, conditions were, oh, well, that's, were I mean, horrendous. Yeah, but that's why I think the actual the volume of scores we got is actually quite impressive. Yeah, I think that's, that's actually, what I mean, yeah. That has to be admirable, because 
we really pushed against Kildare. And when you see their stats, Go on, give they us only Kildare's had 13 shots. 13 shots. Which is half of ours. And they scored nine. Nine. But I think they scored a lot of them earlier on in the game, maybe, when they were having a good run of form. They struggled so much in the second half against our defence. It was ferocious at times. Well, another thing, just, just when you said that, actually, the fitness of our lads um, in, in all of the games so far, not just last Sunday, but in all of the games, is far superior to our opposition. And that was the case. Kildare died a death in the last 15 minutes of the game. And we were only kind of getting our second wind at that stage. So it says a lot for the Mead lads and the training that's obviously done. They're so well conditioned. They look they look really fit and as fit as they have done in, 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 in a number of years. And we're finishing games strong and that's no coincidence. Yeah, well, it, it's funny you mentioned that because um, we, <coughs> we were discussing this there a couple of weeks ago, me and a couple of the lads. And, you know, fitness... Fitness is is relevant as well to performance in in a few different ways. Yes, teams can your fitness can show at the end of the game and you can finish strong and whatever. But sometimes you're just as fit as the other team. But if things are going against you, mm-hmm. you just you, you look unfit. Whereas this me team, I don't think it's a, the fitness. I think it's the belief. Mm-hmm. I think it's the never say die attitude. And it, as soon as teams have got close to us before in this in this season. Mead have kicked on. They've said no, we're not. We're not allowing this team to beat us. And they've kicked on and looked fitter than the other team or whatever. I think it's. I, I think that's a mental thing. I think it's a, a decision that you make mentally. That hang on a second. These are after getting too close to us. I'm not letting that happen. Not in my watch. It's a kind of a you know. I am not losing this game. I do take your point. I do think that. I think it's a. I think it's a mixture of both. I do uh, yeah. think they're very fit. Now, yeah, but like, but every county team is fit. Yeah, like every county team goes through rigorous training. Mm pre-season and the whole lot and but you can't coach someone to to believe do you know what I mean like do you think that Mead a couple of years ago when they lost to Westmead in in Crow Park that they were unfit that they were less fit than Westmead I don't think no 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 I I don't but all I'm saying is Kildare when when, and and Kildare would be known as as an extremely extremely that's what I'm just saying and in years gone by when we come up against them maybe it was the lack of belief Definitely to an extent, but I do think that teams had a little bit of fitness on us, mm-hmm. and, I, and I just think that's that's not the case anymore. But again, that kind of feeds back into something that Conor McGill said after the game, and the fans. He said the fans give you that little bit of a lift. Yeah, they help to drive you on. And he said, like near the end of the game, part of the reason nearly why he made that run was he could feel the the thing coming from the stand and it gave them that little yeah. extra bit of a sport yeah. and he said it also feeds into the Kildare players of course. they can feel it coming from the stand and the energy coming from the stand and it saps away a little bit from them and it gives the meat lads that little bit extra and a lot like of the it meat just players, shows the role that the supporters yeah, can play a lot of the meat players and Andy McIntyre mentioned the role of the supporters yeah. um, after the game and, um, and, and how the supporters are driving this meat team on and Andy even, I think on the LMFM one, may have even on the LMFM interview may have said that, you know, this win is not just for the team, this is for the supporters as well. well and the like, supporters like are last week, just speaking as much. to Davey, Andy issued a clarion call to the supporters to come out and back the team. They did. And they came out in huge numbers. Like on a dirty wet day, the guts of 5,000 and Navin. Yeah. Down in Cork, we outnumbered the Cork supporters. Yeah. Like 16th of March, Ennis, traditional music town, St. Patrick's weekend. There's no excuse for me supporters not to be down there. I'm going to have to say the night. Enjoy, enjoy <laughs> the, he's stringing you along, he's stringing you along. Enjoy, enjoy the weekend. Get behind the team. Let me finish the advert there for Clara Tourism Board. <laughs> like, potentially, the are still potentially if, result, if results happen to go our way on the 16th, 
we could end up coming home from Ennis in Division 1. Practically in Division 1, yeah. Like, if, if we win and other teams drop points, we could be as good as in Division 1. Well, we have to win be that there, game. Be there in Ennis, yeah. get behind the team, be, the, be the 16th man. Yeah. Like, it worked on Sunday, it can work again, and then enjoy yourself after. Can I just ask you, Brian Kelly, are you working for the Irish Tourism Board? Because <laughs> when, when me played in Bally Buffet, you were explaining to the to the listeners that there's a lovely hotel down the road, and they do a lovely sandwich, <laughs> and the whole lot. And this week you're telling us how, you know, Ennis is a traditional uh, Irish music town, um, it's got great bars and nightlife. Um, why not come visit us in Ennis? Well, I'm sold <laughs> for a small price of nine ninety nine. You know. Well, I can neither confirm or deny anything that the, that the revenue commissioner knows nothing about. <laughs> <laughs> well, lads, we're going to move on, um, and we're going to go to our regular spot. Um, I've done up a table um, for all of the Mead players um, for appearances and for the scores that we've given them. Some of them have been subs and came on and didn't get scores because they weren't on the pitch long enough. We're going to move, rate the Mead team from this week. And uh, <clears throat> against the Kildare against Kildare last Sunday in Park Dodgson. So Andrew Colgan, lads, very good. Um, made a really important save towards the end of the first half when Kildare were well on top. I think they were five points up at that stage, and had they scored a goal, it would have been a long, long way back for me. So, um, great save. Kickouts very good as well. Seems to be improving every week. So um, seven borderline eight for me. Yeah, I think it's probably a seven point five, which means it's probably a seven. Is it's it? a seven, yeah. We yeah, because we don't do halves. Nothing yeah. half measures in this place. No, so if you no. say eight, Brian, that means he's an eight. For me, he's an eight. Hey. Oh, I'm delighted for Andrew yeah. Colgan because like, I think he's fairness, ga- he's gaining confidence. Yeah. And playing behind a, a set in defence is is a huge thing for a goalie too, yeah. and that's that's something. Major His kickouts against Cork were absolutely brilliant. You know, he had a good game against Tip. That Donegal game, you know, only for one little blemish. Uh, uh, he's been extremely consistent this year um, one little blemish um, and unfortunately for him that week but he has he has really improved week on week since that so well done to Andrew Colgan um, you know I'm delighted for him getting an 8 Seamus Lavin lads 8 yeah, yeah yeah just was at fault for the goal kind of got caught under the ball a little bit but but improved after that and yeah. got the better of his man. I'd, I'd that was the point of it. He, like he didn't let his man get a ball after no, that. No, he cleaned no. him. That's the sign of, of a quality. quality like, well, his average score over five weeks is eight. You know, like so. That's that's uh, that's that's phenomenal. That's that's great work. Like, like from, after from the first ten seven. minutes, the majority of Kildare scores are from distance. Yeah. Which yeah. the full back line really locked their inside men down and it didn't give them a sniff. Conor McGill lads at full back. Definitely an eight anyway. Yeah, it's it's close to a nine, but mm. it's just a bit hard because it's probably like it's very hard to get a ten. I don't know if we've any tens. It's probably nine are going to be some of our better players. I think eight, mm. point five, which is an eight. Eight, we're going eight, we're going eight, and again, Conor McGill averaging eight in every game at full back, and that's a serious standard to set for yourself. Absolutely brilliant, um, and to be consistently hitting eights. He had one seven the first week against Tipperary, but that was because he had very little to do. Um, ten for radio work, maybe. Give him a ten for his PR skills, I think. Maybe. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Ronan Ryan in uh, the other corner, lads. Yeah, so he was he was out wing back, I think, was he? Yeah. Oh yeah, he's yeah. wearing number four, sorry. Yeah, yeah, but out wing back. Um, very good, consistently good again for me. Um, probably borderline eight again, is he? I'm saying an eight. 
Yeah, he's close to like I said. He's close to an eight. Yeah. I don't think he did anything really wrong not to get an eight. That's and like just you, what I mean. he was unlucky not to grab a goal. Yeah, he did everything like, right. Yeah. It was a fantastic save. unbelievable yeah. save. Yeah, the ball that was played into him by uh, Niall Kane. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, then look, he's all in agreement. Very no errors really. That no, he's just of. he's consistent. Like he's what you want in a player. James McEntee is still injured. He's. I'm just going through my list of players. Uh, so the next one would be. Uh, we'll go back to the program. Is Gavin McCoy? Yeah, I, th- I thought he struggled a little bit this week. Um, he was outstanding down in Cork, and just found it a little bit tough going. Maybe um, Sunday. He's a young man, and he's only in the panel as his first year, and that was only his second start for me. So, um, probably a six for me. I'd probably go and say a seven. Like at the end of the day, we only conceded one point in the second half. Oh, he he was, but like, and we Kildare didn't do much in the first half, so I give him a seven. I think I have to back me court time, man. We won't be backing each other now. Come championship, club championship time, but <laughs> for now we're friends. <laughs> yeah, unless we're friends now, so six. I think Who so. was he replaced by at halftime? Um, Squeal up. Niall Kane. Okay, so we're going to move on to Niall Kane. Uh, Gavin McCoy with a six, but again, you know, it was just one of them halves. Um, where you know a six is still a good enough score, it's above average. Niall Kane, <clears throat> who suffered an horrific injury, as we said, came on, played the second half. Um, what are we going to score him, Brian Kelly? Eight, yeah, no arguments. Yeah. Eight and, and, for and his, that's not a sympathy vote, no, either. but like at the end of the day, had he not died in that ball either, Kildare could have got the score. Yeah. Like it was, oh, so it's that wouldn't. kind of bravery that wins you games. And he already talked about the run up the field for Ronan Ryan's goal yeah. or goal chance, I should say. Um, Really turned the screw, and another man who had a point to prove lost like, his place down in Cork. Yeah. To have the he bounced back really impressively. Yeah, the attitude you've spoken about already, Mickey, the type of guy he is. <sighs> it's not he no. wouldn't be the one that had sit and sulk. He just gets on with it, wants yeah. to prove a point and get back in there. Yeah, but I, I find that with, with all those lads, you know, like your 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 Gavin McCoys and your mm. uh, uh, Shane Gallagher's and your you know that, that defense, they're very they're very together and behind each other. They want each other to do yeah. well. Yeah. Um, absolutely brilliant uh, Donald Kogan like, lads if Gavin gets a chance the next day like I would be very confident that he'll, oh, yeah. he'll burst the lad and he'll get the ball and there'll be no issues well he'll yeah. burst the lad anyway I wouldn't like running into yeah, him he's dead like, I, I, yeah. I can see Gavin McCoy hitting a, a, an 8 the next day no problem yeah. Mate, yeah. You know? um, Donald Kogan lads was he playing was he <laughs> <laughs> He, he, he has to get a nine, doesn't he? Yeah, that's like, what I was talking about. He, there's a few nines coming now. <laughs> Donald Kogan getting a nine. He's after upsetting the pie there, so he is. He's just been a constant eight, and then he just decides. Do you know what? I'm going to step it up a little he, bit. He's, he's been got a bit of a, a snub not getting in the official J team of the week. I think. Yeah, that's think that he, was that was. Uh, I think he was, was snubbed there. Now I think. But Sherlock, you know, we'll we'll not we'll not worry about. He got in a few other uh, publications team of the week, so mm. he's the kind of fella. He knows he's good. He knows he's leader in the team. And every week he just brings it, and we're delighted as me men to be following him. He's the type too. He couldn't care less if he's on no. the GA team of the week or not. No, he just he's knows. a job to do. He goes out and he does it. We're going to go on to but Shane Gallagher, lads. Oh, superb again. Um, to me, he's a nine. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'd, I'd, I'd say that I'd go along with that as well. Eight point nine, maybe that's a nine. I think his, his, <laughs> his tackling was unbelievable, and yeah. throughout the game didn't give his man an inch you know mm. as the game wears on forwards tend to get out to the ball a lot quicker and easier then the back catches up he was literally stuck to his man for minute one to he flicked in the, in the scoreboard corner he flicked it at your man's hand remember yeah, and, he, and he just ran away with it and it seemed to be in his hands it's like it's like <laughs> he just grabbed it off him and it just <laughs> happened to be there like. you don't have to explain to me he's marked me many as a night and Simon's saying and I know exactly what he's like kick it high lads kick it yeah, high yeah. <laughs> like the air came into Sunday with a 
an inside forward line who were getting rave reviews. Neil Flynn, the fastest player to ever hit 100 points for Kildare. Jimmy Highland lit up the under-20 championship last year. Like, yeah, Shane Gallagher, like. Yeah. Just goes about his business, yeah. says nothing, keeps Qu- the head down, quiet, love him. Quiet, like, quietly efficient, but excellent. We're going to move on now, anyway, to midfield. Um, Brian Menton. Yeah, I, I thought the boys worked hard, the two of them. Uh, Menton as well, but we, we did struggle for long parts in midfield, probably contesting against... The best midfield we've come up against. In probably the one of the so best far. midfields in the country. Yeah, you I know, go Two along. very, very That's big men. That's been a big issue for us over the years that we haven't had the support around the midfield. Mm. Against, like, Felia and Mulek are brilliant footballers. Mm. And when you go toe to toe, like Menton and McAtee, like that's tough going. Mm. And I think they held themselves a good account. Yeah, well, and, and yeah. that's when Killian O'Sullivan, when we really exactly. needed him to step up and start winning breaking ball, and, and he was the one. And Lyle Kane as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and midfielders and the will so do our so lads started breaking the ball in the midfield. Yeah, yeah I, 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 seven, I'd say, for Menton. Yeah. Seven, yeah. Seven. Consistent seven. seven. Really and then Shane McIntyre and his midfield partner, lads. Probably probably the same. Yeah, I'd two sevens. Yeah. And that's right, and that's probably it. like they're sevens and they struggled for periods, but then they came and they dominated a lot of ball when they needed to. Yeah, and they broke and there was kind of a consistent battle over and back with midfield. Well, when you're playing against a midfield like uh, uh, Feely and and and, and Mulek, like they're two big big men. Yeah. anything that's put out on top of them, they're going to try and catch it. So you just have to break it and, and, and hope that you can break it into an area. For your two midfielders to get through seventy five minutes, like yeah. and really tough going on Sunday. Yeah, it just shows like their Absolutely, fitness yeah. level again. Like it's huge. Yeah. Um, and on, 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 on the ground the conditions that were there yeah. the snow the wind the rain the whole lot like with very little wind but um, or was there a little bit was there, little there was bit no breeze about an hour before the throw-in but it, it really picked yeah. up we had a second half and that helped we're going to move on now anyway Killian O'Sullivan lads jeez uh, I'd say nine, nine. Yeah, definitely a nine it was one of his best performances well, he, he yeah. did get on the team of the week at the GA and like really he he deserved like he really just when we needed that spark that impetus he really brought it and pushed it like and his score just before the penalty just before yeah. we were awarded the penalty was a savage well, score the, the American yeah, football yeah, yeah, they yeah, always yeah. say move the From chains distance. like he really just moved the yeah. chains and got us up the field like, in a, like he's a real yeah. leader in that team yeah yeah, he's a great ball carrier yeah. lads Ben Brennan oh excellent um, best game by far in the league four points yeah, yeah. And, and kicked one over by the terrace um, just before he actually he, he departed unfortunately he sort of the same as, probably, as in Cork last week an eight that, and probably oh, a nine if he had stayed on the field with, with the view to a nine so I'll choose to side I think an eight would be fair because he went off I think he well hang on now now no, no. Oh, Brian oh. Kelly is the deciding vote I'd go a nine there we go I, I, like, I wouldn't disagree with you yeah at the end of the day he's your top scorer in terms of who started yeah and and only for it was, a, diff, it was a difficult day for scoring, and he ended up with four points. And his, 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 he took a couple of brilliant frees off the ground yeah. with his left yeah. foot as well. But it, his, it's not just his scoring; his work ethic is yeah. second to none. Mm-hmm. He's he's unbelievable, and even when he doesn't play well and he doesn't kick four points he or whatever, he sets the tone at the work rate. Yeah, exactly. So, He'll yeah, never be found wanting. His Dara, leadership is unquestionable. Dara Campion lads. So, yeah. He was very unlucky in the first uh, in the first half. My God, with outside the of his right boot, he's he's incredible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He kicked the first one he kicked it's was was a savage a world, score, right? Yeah. But then he hit the upright twice with similar efforts with the outside of the right. I think we'll have to get the get that right boot knighted <laughs> or something. Surely wasn't in Ballybuffet because the upright was shaking that much in Ballybuffet. Yeah, yeah. Probably would have come inside the post. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, no, that's We're that's brilliant from Daryl Campion. Ball, though, like. 
Now the champion has been a constant seven, but he's an a bit eight. of a devil may care attitude. He'll try something. Yeah. yeah, it mightn't always come off, but he has the guts to have a go. Yeah, confidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I think he's he's been brilliant. Brian McMahon, lads. Um, yeah, quiet. Probably one of his more quiet games, I'd say. Um, I think it was difficult in the first half. You're playing into a bit of a breeze. There was a couple of balls dropped in and under. Like Mickey, you wouldn't win them. No disrespect to you. Big high balls in. They're just not what he's suited for. And, uh, <laughs> yes, we should he, definitely YouTube live these like the face yeah. you to die for it yeah. I'd win them but maybe not you Mickey I'm just marking him off my Christmas card Frank <laughs> he's marked off my Christmas card list he's on your list of enemies he's now. my list of my enemies <laughs> well you, you must have got my air code wrong last year so <laughs> but David of course um, you'll get a blend junior C for Ulton's court on Gales he picked year. up a knock in the first half as well and didn't reappear for a second so I, I'd say six. It's very hard yeah. to give. And he more than that he only played in one half yeah. of the game. Yeah, so man, by, six yeah. for one half is not bad. You know, uh, Mickey Newman, not one of his better games, but still. Yeah, kicked the first score of the game from play. Good score. 40 yards out. Lovely yeah. score. Yeah, but, but did kind of struggle to get into it. Something that you can't really accuse Mickey of in the last couple of games getting on the ball and you know calming things down and that he just I'm struggled sure to that get Kildare into looked at me yeah. for the last four games mm. and said look we need to stop Mickey Newman if we stop Mickey Newman we stop Mead mm. you know little did they know that you know there's an awful lot more going on in that Mead team and, and Mickey team. Mickey will happily sacrifice himself for the sake of the team yeah. and, and getting a result so um an off day for Mickey Newman, but you can guarantee, you can be rest assured he'll be back when, to his brilliant. When the weather conditions that improve, like he's going to be like, it's very hard to be a kind of ball playing forward yeah. in that weather. And when it gets nicer, like the ball will be dry in that, like it'll and, be and he'll still be taking nobody's giving me nobody's yeah nobody's <laughs> giving me a figure. He didn't get a chance either, really, to kick many frees. Just the way that the game panned out, panned out. Um, I think a six. Yeah, yeah, I think a six. Yeah. Yeah, no problem at all. And again, Mickey Newman has been flying high and still above average with his performance this week. So, um, you know, everybody is due a bad performance, but that's not a bad performance. You know, like it's just it's just below his his standard, his yeah. standard. You know, but like it's not a poor performance by any means. And then Tom, Thomas Riley from Wolf Tones, uh, like work, 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 mm. work, work, tackle, 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 tackle. He's a bad know, version of Rihanna there for a second. Now. <laughs> 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 the same time Gale version going dirty single. I, I wouldn't even know that song. <laughs> a bit similar. A bit old to, for that, yeah. A bit similar to Mickey Newman, um, in the sense that probably wasn't his best day in front of the post. But as Brian was saying, you know, and you were saying, he, he did keep working and did keep crafting away. And I suppose that's that's Thomas Riley in a nutshell. Wasn't his best day in front of the post. Was dropping balls short and kicking balls wide. But let's hope next day, um, you know, he can he can rectify that. Like he. Last year, sometimes in contact, he maybe struggled a little bit against fellas who had done a bit more strength and conditioning work. But he's really strengthened up this year, and in contact, he's really improved. And he's he's your Sunday, first line of defence. Yeah, on Sunday, he was driving forward. Anytime he got the ball, he drove forward. Yeah, he'd an off day with the shooting, but like he was getting go forward ball. And it, look back in the clip from RT at the end of the game, who was back in the full back line helping out? Thomas Riley. Yeah. Like to me, for work rate alone, he's a seven. Yeah, I would think kind of the same logic. I'd say he was probably like it's probably uh, like shooting it, boots really that just it, let him down. Like, that's it. I was going to say like, from you being know, a superb if, performance. If, if, like, if he if he scores those four points, he's he's clo- he's borderline ten. He even scores one or two points. You get know, him, he yeah, gets yeah. him up to an eight or nine. But he had, he had four whites. Yeah. But like you were not, you couldn't hold that against him at all. Like no, you know? it just shows how well he was doing a normal play that when he was having an off day with the shooting. 
that he was left on the pitch. Yeah. Another day if a corner forward missed rate. three or four shots. Oh, it's a curly finger for the corner forward every time. Like, yeah. As we all know, who's, we've all, we've who's all the first there, to go? <laughs> as, as Dave, he knows only two, and who's the first to go? Who's the corner forward? But, but the, Thomas was left on the pitch to set, to set the tempo. The tempo, and because of his work rate, and he, it, like, it, he doesn't affect him in a way that he goes, oh, he didn't score, I'm going to sulk here in the corner and whatever. He just keeps working and working because he knows that he's got more to his game than just scoring. So I think Tomas O'Reilly has been absolutely excellent. And the subs that came on, lads, was Mickey Burke on the field long enough to be rated? No, probably not. No. Okay, then well, we, we've already yeah. spoken about Niall Kane. Uh, Graham Riley? Yeah, very good. Again, um, he's, he's taken, you know, it can't be easy for a guy like him being Mead's main man for the last decade. Um, almost and, and having to play a role from the bench but he's doing it really well and, and look we've spoke about the goal and Decton has spoken about the, the ball for the goal as yeah. well and that was vintage Graham Riley at his, at his brilliant he best. makes meaningful contributions when he comes on mm. sometimes maybe one of his criticisms in the past was that he went out of the game for long periods Yeah. so now he, he's not having that issue because he's coming on for short bursts and nearly everything he does now is meaningful yeah. He's not going to parts we want to wear Mickey. He's, he's actually if he's in there for fifteen. Well, he's right, Graham, he's there's Mickey. <laughs> Mickey's right in front that of me. Never that never <laughs> happens. His name, his name is Graham. In case yeah, yeah. I just look at Mickey in the eyes of just kind of making a connection here, you know. But look Graham, into my eyes, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, you so, will see. <laughs> that's not Rihanna song. So don't worry. What yeah. do you mean? <laughs> but Graham is making meaningful <laughs> contributions. Cut the shark. Mickey's there. The same. Gone way over. I get really <laughs> Actually, Kieran's getting excited. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's looking into your eyes after all. I'm looking at the door to get out quick. <laughs> it's probably a seven plus for eight for his yeah, contributions. Yeah, yeah. Thirty minutes of play, was it? Yeah, seven. I, I probably just on an eight, but but yeah. very good seven. Yeah, a hard seven. Yeah, I think so. Harsh seven, but he was borderline. Yeah, yeah like, an eight, unlucky not which to is brilliant. Eight. I'm just, you know what? I'm not going to say. I'm just going to say a seven. So you're going to give me 7.5 yeah, no me I'm 7. not putting 7.5 in 7 could have been an 8 oh, which is so good. 7.5 but Graham Riley again keeping a standard high um, that's absolutely excellent um, looking through I'm not going to keep going to the last Paul Carran lads into the fold again back for his first game comes on as a sub um, sorry his second game he was on against Cork no first, first, game. No, first, no, first game first game even back on the panel yep. yeah, yeah. Was a, late, a late a late edition um, came on with he didn't get a huge amount of game time, but like just mm-hmm. so important to have him back in the mix. But yeah. the the lift that kept the crowd as well, like the yeah, reception yeah. he got coming on at a time when again, you know, me, the game yeah, seemed to be going. The match announcer really kind of set the scene <laughs> and really <laughs> yeah. kind of punted, you know, like you start to sound like your <laughs> predecessor. Was Martin Hollander? No, no, the the new guy, the good I guy. Can see, the I guy. can see what's going to happen from now on is that he's going to get a curtain. <laughs> and he's going to introduce them through the curtain and now coming on for Mead and open the curtain and, and a bit of fireworks <laughs> yeah. where Ray Lewis with the Baltimore Ravens used to be brilliant going to do a dance get one or two of the lads doing that now Google I'll get you doing it so are we going to are we going to give Paul no, Karen the mark we want people gonna, to go to the games we're, we're gonna, are we going to give Paul Karen the mark or are we going to just say we're delighted to see just him delighted back just delighted to see him back, back. Yeah. Yeah. and then there was one other fella who come on. Um, he didn't really do much. The goalie didn't do much, Mark. Uh, he's he's where he usually wears number sixteen. Uh, Barry Dardis, lads. Um, what can you say? Like comes on for his first league appearance against Cork, scores a goal and a point. Comes and on a, and a black card. And a, oh yeah, and a black card. Like you know, very uh, industrious he was in the few moments he was on the field. Um, did a lot. Um, but then comes again this week. You mentioned it already. Comes on. 
he has such confidence and you can hear it in that interview like you know I knew I missed the first one so I was like I need to get on ball now mm. I just need to get on ball and get myself into this and yeah. he's, he just thinks it through so cleverly but then the penalty you know and to step up and take a penalty like that in only your, ever, your second ever game of, of league football for me like wearing a me jersey I just think you know, in such a in such a high pressure, high pressure crucial moment of, of of the year, what do you mark? Yeah, well, I, I I said to him just off off air before I before I did the interview with him, how was he like before the penalty? And there was a bit of a delay in that, and he says he was grand. You know, he says he wasn't nervous at all. He says he he had in mind the penalty against Dublin that he. Chipped over the bar. Yeah, so you know, he, I chipped over the bar and I was being very kind. Lashed <laughs> <laughs> over yeah, yeah. But he did go back a long way. Said, yeah, fairness, so. The main thing was to hit the ball, get it on target and smash and it. Have a power. Power. And, and that's exactly what he did and thankfully it flew in the top corner. I was t- textbook class. Oh, like, I just to have he's, the He's the man the you'd want in that situation. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's around, okay, he's fresh enough to the county scene but He's played in the Hogan Cup final with Pats. He was a main man with Manute for Sigerson for a while. Like he's one of the top forwards in the county. So he's he top scorer in the club championship last year, close to it with himself and Lennon would have been up there. Oh, yeah. He's probably one in around top scorer over the last three or four years. Definitely, they had it all yeah. together. Yeah. Yeah. And injury free as well. He he's had a tough time with injuries the last few years. He seems to be playing his best football the last year to eighteen months. And Do you want to give him a mark out of ten? I think you kind of have to, don't you? How many I'd minutes? It'd be rude not to, wouldn't it? And what stage did he come on? Ask the PRO there. Oh, He's the statsman. I think he was on at 52 minutes. Yeah. So he was yeah. 52 minutes. 23 minutes. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, 18 plus injury time. So Five, five injuries. Yeah. 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 So Nobody wants... Nobody, everybody's anybody, keeping their gun in their holster. No one wants to be the first man. I, I, Rispin I, I does, think, is a I, friend. Yeah, is, so I, I, can, I can't. I can't yeah. have any of He's anonymous from this <laughs> well, I, I, I'd, 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 also. I'd say an eight. Eight. I think eight because he not on long enough to give him a nine or a ten realistically. Yeah, but again, but meaningful his contribution. contribution. His meaningful contribution yeah. is so. Like he's a ten for are contribution. You, are you happy with an eight? Yeah. Just yeah. not long enough yeah. to get himself a bigger score. That's really it. That's brilliant. Like and 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 you know to get that from he, he gets eight two weeks in a row as a sub. You know, and, and no black card this week. You can under, so you can under, <laughs> and no black card this week. You should get last week. You get the scores from play. Yeah. True, yeah, true, yeah. true. Dead balls this week, but uh, to do it in the manner he did is absolutely brilliant. That's everybody, Mark, lads. Um, we've got the, the sheet here in front of me, and if anybody wants to have a look at that, like if you look, you, you don't see the too many scores. Yeah, this, is on the, this is on the radio, just for the record. I'm, I'm talking about you. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm about you. Well, it's upside down. You, you didn't say anybody. Like. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying that all the lads here can see from, from, from the table that like there's not many sixes and around that at all the majority are sevens eights and nines and uh, that just shows you the level of performance that we're getting from this lead team this year lads yeah consistently good um, across the board particularly look we've, we've spoke about it for about the last five weeks now defensively outstanding um, and that's where our platform has been built but unbelievable I mean we haven't had a bad performance. Even the Donegal game where we were yeah. we were defeated was a good display, probably one of our best displays. Um, against Kildare, pretty poor first half, and then having the, I think Andy calls it the balls nearly to come out second half. That's what and, he said. Yeah. yeah, he had the balls to come out second half, and and and, and really take the game to a to a Kildare team who you have to remember won the Super Eights last year, and um, 
were a Division One side as well last year, and and have kind of had the Indian sign over me teams yeah, for the last since, ten years at minor, under twenty one, yeah. senior, like very very few times have me beaten them. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, lads, we're going to move on. Before we finish up, we're just going to have a look at the next round of uh, fixtures that take place on the 16th and 17th of March in the Alliance League Division 2. And the first of them will be Clare against me. That's in Ennis. Um, Cork against Donegal. Um, uh, Kildare against Tipperary. And Armagh against Fermanagh. And uh, having looked at the table, lads, and looking at it, because somebody put up a great... Um, uh, uh, screen rub on on Twitter or a great visual. It was a it was a blackboard where it was somebody doing um, not GLE tables. Yeah, tables. And he put it up, and it was uh, it was somebody maybe working out uh, some biophysics physics equation or whatever. And he was saying these are all the permutations and combinations of Division Two, and it really really is uh, a difficult one to call. But looking at it, um, I think if we can beat Claire and if Fermanagh were to be beaten by Armagh, that practically would guarantee us promotion to Division One. But I, I don't want to talk and about it. <laughs> and if Cork beat Donegal, um, no, no, because of score difference. Because of score difference, we mm. would if we if we beat yeah. Clare and uh, Fermanagh were beaten by Armagh, Donegal result wouldn't matter because on the last day, three teams. the three teams would end up on ten points uh, if Fermanagh were to beat us then. Yeah. Um, uh, but Fermanagh would have to beat us by if they were to lose they'd have to beat us by 8 or 10 points mm. you it'd know? be a nice insurance tab um, and yeah the great, the great wall of Enniskillen the great wall of Enniskillen would have to be they do well they score 8 points let it's, alone beat us by it's <laughs> just like it's, it's, it's just it's, it's just a little thing now again looking at those fixtures none of them are easy Clare against Mead we're going down to Ennis they're in trouble they need to win um, bring your bow around don't forget Cork are playing Donegal in, in Porky Ring and again Cork are in trouble they need to win so Donegal are up against it down there Kildare are playing Tipperary and Tipperary again are in trouble need to get a win and get out of that relegation um, I can't see Kildare being beaten in Newbridge by, by Tipperary but they're not going to have it their own way and then the last one obviously Armagh against Fermanagh Armagh would not like to be playing for Manor in Brewster Park, but they're playing them in the athletic grounds, in the Gaelic athletic grounds. Uh, in That's actually in Crossman Lane. Oh, that game was in Crossman Lane, yeah. is it? Oh, it was right. moved. It was moved. Yeah. It was Armagh moved got from... it moved. Oh, interesting. That'll be an interesting one. That will be a real um, humdinger of a game. It's a lovely Crossman venue, Lane. yeah. Lovely uh, venue. That's the fixtures, lads. So, uh, you know, um, I suppose, like, is there any more business? Kieran. Just the the house draw, obviously it's back up and running and in partnership Glenvey Homes been such a great support for us so far like and we're big marketing campaign online so big thing is get your ticket online now it's royalhousedraw.com we've new Facebook Twitter for that at Royal House Draw so like I said Glenvey Homes have been super supportive for us and I think it's it's just showing that they're really they see the, the GA in such good light to get into the community and I think we as well saw partners in them that really want to be involved so. I think it's it's mutually beneficial to everyone, and I think it, most of all you're supporting obviously the rebuilding of Partholz in the GA. But as Mickey always reminds us here in this, you have a chance to win a house. And I think that's <laughs> you can't you can't look that too round the mouth. So I absolutely, think, no. get your tickets. You're supporting Partholz in the clubs, and you're going to win a house. And only recently, um, uh, there's been a lot of uh, the 
it's been a lot of coverage for David. The, who was it that won the, the first house? David, you know who it was? Paddy O'Dwyer. Paddy yeah. O'Dwyer from Dun Ashburn. Dun or Dunchocklin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. um, and there's been a lot of coverage of uh, Paddy O'Dwyer uh, receiving the keys for his house. So, like, it's, uh, it is absolutely brilliant. 100 euro for a ticket. Um, and, uh, yeah, just looking back at one of the programmes there. And uh, you can see uh, Paddy O'Dwyer receiving um, the keys of the house from uh, Peter O'Halloran. Um, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Get get on that. Uh, of course, the second draw will be taking place. It's not too far away now, so it's not. It's going to be a couple of months away. No, because it's in it's in September, isn't it? At the end of the end of yeah. this year, so like it's given lads such like a chance. It's so much prizes. Like Brian, you've some of the the actual figures there for the actual prizes. Like for like, draw one, there was three hundred and three thousand euro worth of prizes, over a million euro in ticket sales. And the clubs really benefited hugely as well. There was €167,425 given back out to the clubs last night for their commission. Brilliant. Which is a huge boost to the clubs. Like It's not just me, GA, who are getting the money off this. The, your club is benefiting from this as well. Yeah, they are indeed. It's the Royal House Draw Winner House for €100. It's www.royalhousedraw.com. And of course, the sponsor of that is Glen Glenvay Homes. Lads, anybody else? Any other business? If you need small um, ball, no, just on the league is over for them. So the the Christy Ring will be looking at that. That's not delay. So there'll be club football championship for all them lads too, or the majority of them in April. So yeah, anybody yeah, out there with uh, who's going to the to the ladies' games? Um, if you can, uh, I suppose like Tom O'Connor or anybody like that who is out there. If you want to send or if anybody from the ladies committee is out there listening in if you want us to put, give you some more coverage on the um, podcast don't be afraid to email us at wearemead.gmail.com at, at with details of the games and the results that'd be great uh, Brian Kelly you have something else? Just uh, two things we touched last week on Colossian from Leighton and St Pat's Colossian uh, from the All-Ireland semi-final on Saturday um, unfortunately, three games in six days just proved a hurdle too far for them, and they lost out to a very good Boerview team. And St Pat's um, against Wicklow Schools just on the day, St Pat's never got going. There was brilliant displays from the likes of Sean Brennan, Connor Farley, and Carl Hickey, but overall Wicklow were just a little bit stronger than them. Pat's will look back with regrets that they didn't do themselves justice, but there's a bright future for all them lads ahead. And one last thing. Um, my own club played Narborough at the weekend in the league and one of the Narborough lads picked up a serious injury he got a fractured skull so I'd just like to wish um, the lamb chap from Narborough all the best it's a horrible injury for anyone to pick up and yeah absolutely and, and speedy recovery same as Niall Kane like it's tough to come back from but he will yeah fair play um, and I suppose David Grisman will leave the last word to you this week <laughs> cheers I'll, I'll give the sheets a plug uh, we have two weeks left. I, I think you'll be delighted to see the back of the man. Be... <laughs> no, I love them, and I have to say, I've heard a lot of people, a lot of people on our WhatsApp groups uh, throughout me, the different ones that I'm on. Are, a lot of people are doing them, and mm. uh, it really is interesting. It's yeah, it's really, a bit of crack, and I suppose now's the now's the right time to reveal after doing the draw that we'll be rolling it rolling it out for the club championships as Yay! well for the senior, intermediate, and junior and mead. So we'll be starting with the first two rounds in April, and then obviously we'll take our break uh, until the summer, but. The club championship will be interesting to do. People who who think that know a thing or two about all the games in Mead can 
can have a go and we'll have a bit of crack in here doing it as well. well if Fallon who goes might... to every game in the county should do very well. I was just <laughs> going to say David Rispin is going to be winning, winning most, the majority it's of those. It's not unusual for the person that actually <laughs> <always> <laughs> to draw, to yeah, win the to draw. Win the draw. Um, and uh, will you give the money back to the club each week when you win it? Of course. Yeah, great stuff. Well, that's it for another We Are Me podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter and uh, Instagram and any other social media that you can find out there we're probably on it as well and don't forget we are me why it matters more